And welcome everybody to a new edition of the CarCast, episode 89, which is the Alexander Mogilny episode. I'm Owen, he's Sean. But more and importantly. We have to start right away with a, was that a yellow Jeep? It's a yellow Jeep. That stopped in the middle of an intersection at a red light. Not, not like, you know, wheels over the line, but physically middle. Like at that point, once you're in the middle of the intersection, you gotta make a move. They always, I mean, there's signs in big cities uh, where it says, don't block the box, mm-hmm. right? If you get caught and the light goes red, stop at the, the line, the white line. This guy didn't, right on Nowitzki Way, and I think that's a huge disrespectful move, not only for the city of Dallas, but for Dirk. Traveling is violation. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> basketball puns. <laughs> Or um, something tonight. Now let's get back to the focus <laughs> of things. The Stars lose to the St. Louis Blues 3-1. to one. Sean, before we do, you're a uh, resident New Jersey Devils fan. At least you grew up that. Anything uh, specific about Alexander Mogilny that you want to share before we turn to tonight's game? Yeah, Alexander Mogilny was a uh, New Jersey Devil during my youth as a Devils fan. Um, and one thing that I remember about him was the fact that... Uh, he was allowed to wear number 89. Which was very un-Devils. Un, Un-Lou Lamorella-like. Yes. Um, I believe it's, uh, I think, if you think of the Devils players that wore high numbers in the Lou Lamorello era, there's Doug Gilmore, there's uh, Alexander McGilmey. Um, I think, obviously, Yager wore 68 there. But if you were getting uh, a high number... Was, there, he, was Lou still with the Devils? When Yager played there? Yeah. Okay. He was. Because it was, it was in that end of time. It was, it? yeah. But so if you were wearing a high number with uh, with uh, New Jersey during when, when Lou was in charge, it meant you had some cachet. Um, you must have had some clout in the league because yes. it was, what, 1 to 23, basically? Pretty much. Um, Maybe the 30 for the goalie. Yeah. Um, they, they were The Devils did not go with the high numbers, and they were obviously not a very historical franchise that had the retired numbers of, like, a Detroit or something like Correct. that. So, actually, I don't think any numbers were retired at the time. Um, I think Stevens might have been the first. As a, uh, they have some pretty good ones over the years now. Yeah. Four, four I think, three, But it was yeah. this fact, just simply the fact that McGillney had the high number that stood out to you. Yes, exactly. Not the fact that he was an well, excellent player. He was an excellent player, but that's just one of those things. But, <laughs> We're talking about jersey numbers. Yeah, and that's sure. how we do this. So that's kind of how yeah. But stuck I wanted out. to open it up to any McGillney fun yes. facts. No, but he was a really fun player to watch too. Yes. Um, he was kind of the um, and maybe this transitions well to the way the St. Louis Blues tonight. He was the uh, he was the one exciting, real dynamic player every night on a team that really limited everything and wore you down. Yeah, really wasn't worried about transition attack mm-hmm. uh, except for counterattacks. Yes. Yeah, that was a really dull team to watch when they had the lead. <laughs> I, uh, as a Bruins fan growing up, whenever they played New Jersey, I hoped that Boston scored first because if New Jersey scored first, it meant no scoring chances for a prolonged period of time. Not a lot of fun. It was mid-90s hockey. Yeah. So. All um, right, so tonight's game, Stars-Blues. Dallas had their seven-game winning streak and their 12-game point streak snapped a couple nights ago in Chicago. Tonight, the final streak fell, which is the home winning streak, one shy of the Dallas record. They had won seven straight. And I thought one of the really interesting stats I saw is actually from your colleague in St. Louis, Jeremy Rutherford, who pointed out that Dallas's goals per game during that winning streak was about four and a half. Yes. And they were held to one tonight. 
imploded in the last two games now. Yep. Which is, uh, and it was a game tonight with the Stars where the Blues kind of did a lot to them what they did in the seven-game playoff series. Did it feel like a slightly uh, less at stake play? I mean, the style of play was the same. Yes. The only thing that was really different was is that you knew in your gut this wasn't a playoff game. That was yeah. it. Otherwise, it, it could have been another one of those games. And the Blues, like they did in that seven-game series, they wore the Stars down. They controlled the majority of the possession. They, they really drained the Stars' energy quite a bit with how much they held the puck. And it was, uh, and it didn't really matter who was out there. The Blues cycle was the Stars really struggled to break the Blues cycle throughout the game, and that's what happened. And that's what wore the Stars down in the uh, back in game in games one through seven back seven months ago now. And you kind of saw a microcosm of that tonight for sixty minutes. Yeah, and I thought that um, Dallas got into trouble when they weren't crisp with their passing from the breakout and yeah. deep in their own zone. When they moved it tape to tape, they could get out of the zone and go forward. But even then, Sean, let's say they broke the pressure and got out of their own end. St. Louis was still structured enough to force them a lot of times to maybe not possess it, carrying it over the offensive blue line, and a lot more dump and chase that we've we've seen lately. And the fans really noticed that because a lot of our callers and questions tonight were about why did they do so much dump and chase. It wasn't so much the, the plan of the game. It was because of the way St. Louis played. They kind of dictated how the game was played. No, they did, and the Stars kind of got caught up in that. Um, if you're going to play St. Louis Blues-style hockey, you need to win battles the Stars didn't win. Right. Game. You know, it's kind of another yeah. tie-in to yeah. your Devils comment. They needed to capitalize on one of their chances in the first period to yes. get the lead to maybe force St. Louis to chase the game a little bit and have it be different for them. You know, once they got the lead, and again, it was a fairly innocuous play. Pareko's wrister just happened to be screened well and found a way, and I don't think Ben Bishop really ever saw it. Ben Bishop said after the game he never saw it. Right. Yeah. And so it goes in, and now they have a one nothing lead inside the final five minutes of the, the first period when it was a pretty evenly played opening frame. It was. It was, And that was actually a little bit more of a track meet back and forth. More than we expected. Yeah. Um, there may not have been the multitude of high danger chances, but at least the going back and forth. There were a lot more later in the game than yeah. in that first period. Yes. yes. So that was the obviously the Pareko goal. And it wasn't even one of those uh, I'm not sure if Bishop understood my question fully after the game when I asked him about it because it was a play that was interesting um, where Pareko, it's part of the cycle, there's uh, traffic in front, and it's a play to me where I wonder if Pareko takes a heavier shot if Bishop picks it up easier. As in, as in, one of the things as a goaltender in that situation, um, when you have the screen like that in front, you tend to listen for the shot a little bit more. And with kind of the wrist, the wrist shot and the release that Pareko had in that moment, it's one where you don't have that... In, you're obviously looking for the puck first. Like That's obviously the, the most important thing, but one of the second kind of senses you use... In a screen situation, you listen for the shot, and you listen for that. If you listen kind of for the the, the release there off of a, either a slap shot or anything like that. And with kind of more of the deft wrist shot, whether it was on purpose or not, Bishop didn't have that second maybe backup plan to, to track it. And by the time he did see it, it's in the back of the net. And so that was it. one nothing at the end of the first. Stars had a couple of chances, but ultimately, there you go through the first. Uh, the second... They had a couple really good looks, and it was a sort of a flurry 
first uh, the play by Sagan across the crease to Ben, yeah. who was a bit unlucky to have that his shot go back against the grain and go right into Jake Allen, where he had what two thirds of the net wide open. Yep, and then uh, and then Lindell has kicks out to him, and he hits. It looked like Pareko was lying on the stomach. And in the crease and hit him in the back. And uh, Brower is actually the one that clears it off the goal line. Too. Okay, yep. So, so that was a yeah. mess. And then uh, later on that same sequence, Puck comes around and Dowling has a one-timer. And I thought Allen made a really nice post-to-post save. Yeah, really nice post-to-post save. You watch, rewatch it after the game. Um, he gets over there. When, watching it live, I thought he got it with the pad. Um, Dowling actually got it over the pad. Did he? It almost it, looked like it, he slid across yeah. and did sort of a pseudo two-pad stack. It stat. was the... Uh, it, Allen actually gets it with about the uh, with about the forearm. Oh, that's so, unfortunate. So Allen actually got the elevation on the shot. Now, obviously, he could have elevated it even higher. But, right. Um, but still, he got it up and over the pad, which even kind of, I think, adds to the degree of difficulty and even a better save for Allen there. That also um, shows, once again, that Dowling knows and has the uh, acumen of a, of a finisher. We've seen this before where he's put it in the right spot and has been unlucky to have some goalies make some really great saves against him. Remember last year when he was trying to find his first. Yeah. So, the uh, there's no official goals in the second period. No. But the there was Saint, a puck in the net. But the St. Louis Blues do score a goal that gets called back. Um, Nathan Walker, who I actually thought for someone who making his Blues, was his Blues debut or Blues season debut? Plays 12 NHL games. I believe this is his first regular season Blues game. Okay. He, play, he was yeah. there in camp. Uh, so training camp played some preseason, but I don't think any of his NHL games came with St. Louis. I think they were the Capitals. Yeah, the uh, the only NHL player from Australia. First um, ever yes. Australian NHL player. Yes. Scores on a wraparound. Um, kind of a play, actually, where I didn't like Bishop's play on the on the wraparound. I think of, that this really bailed out a bad goal. Oh, very much so. From the goalie side. If, great job by Walker, right? Mm-hmm. And, and his effort, but this is a goal Bishop would really have lamented had it not been overturned. Yes, 100%. And then it was like it was at 100%. There was uh, the Stars challenged it, and they... Uh, it seemed pretty clear on the video review. Yes, it did. Didn't it? it did. Um, one of the uh, more interesting things to me about that replay challenge as we learned after the game um, Craig Berube I don't know if you looked through his post game comments not yet he was asked about it and he said we didn't know he said it's like oh I didn't know it was offsides uh, I guess they just must have had their replay up quicker um, I'm not sure if that's Berube playing coy or a should we pause for a minute yeah let's pause well, we, we got, got a fire truck out here it looks like we've had another. You know, this is not the first time we've seen somebody no. down that bank. It's happened quite a few times. I wonder if it's because of the swerves, maybe an overcorrection. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a nasty thing when that happens. Yeah, um, it's right on one of the splits of of I thirty five, where people shoot off that. I wonder if uh, you know, Sean, not to play city engineer or anything here. But if there might be some sort of extended guardrail that they'll add to that later, because we've yeah. seen a couple cars down that hill. Yeah, we have. Which is not a good thing to no. see. But once again, it's the car cast, and as we always say, uh, required one of our requirement mandates is to discuss what's happening on the road while we record. Yes, it's how we prove we have our eyes on the road. Yes, well, we hope that indeed we are, because it is only our lives at stake here. By the way, uh, we're passing the Farmer's Branch Children's Health Star Center. The outdoor rink is up. You can see the lights there now. Uh, Probably not a great night to do it with the rain. 
and the humidity and it was being 70 out but if you get a chance for and you're a native Texan and you want to go swimming well I think if it cools off a little bit and it's Tonight. not raining yeah it's a lot of fun to skate outdoors if you've never had the opportunity to do it yes it's well worth it yes where were we uh, we were talking about Nathan Walker's uh, oh yeah called off goal so the Berube uh, yeah I'm not sure if Berube was being coy or or what the exact always a possibility um, but he said, oh, I don't. I guess they just saw their replay quicker. I don't believe that because I think, obviously... There's no way they his, didn't see that. In his, in his ear, I guarantee you, or his assistant, whoever wears the earpiece... Probably not him. Their right? video, yeah. Their video coach was definitely uh, telling him, like, yeah, this one's coming back. not really saying for sure? Like, could he could have just said, yeah, it was offside, okay. Yeah. Like, what, why is that controversial? It's pretty, it's not, it wasn't yeah. even close. Yeah, especially in a game yeah. you won, too. I mean, I'm saying that's coy. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. So, that goal doesn't count. Saved Bishop from a uh, bad goal against. Go to the third period. Um, well, near the end of the uh, real, I guess it's kind of carried over to the third period. Stars don't draw a penalty this game, but the uh, they do take a penalty late in the second period. Um, kind of a call that I was actually kind of surprised they called based on how they had called other things the in the game. penalty of the game. Yes. Uh, based on how they called other things, I was kind of surprised they gave Dowling that slashing call because there's other things that had been more egregious in my view. Sure. Um, the uh, Stars kill that. Their penalty kill is now up to 85.3% for the season, which is fifth in the NHL. They and, uh, were in the fi- They were, I think, fifth is going into the game. They were, but, yeah. They, they did not move But they up. helped their cause. Yes. And they've been, uh, let's see, two for two tonight. So they are six, 17 of 18, mm-hmm. which is about 94 yeah. I think. Anyway, uh, both of these teams have their penalty kills been rolling because the Blues have come in on a really, I think there are 17 of their last 18. But, Sean, we didn't get to see their penalty kill tonight. Nope. Stars never drew a penalty, and uh, part of that goes into the fact that when the Blues have the puck that much more often, it's hard to draw penalties. Um, what did you think about that play in the third period where Klingberg got clipped on the backside as he was trying to avoid a hit? It was in the offensive zone. Was that? I mean, that seemed like the most uh, notable candidate to maybe give the Stars their first power play. Did you think much of that? I mean, I saw it. I rewatched it. I was there much there. I, I didn't think there was enough to call it the way they'd been calling the game. Okay. Um, now, of course, you kind of set a bit of a interesting. You set one standard the whole game, then you call the slash you did on Dowling. So it's well, kind I of. I think technically it was tripping. Yeah, whatever, whatever one I call it. Whatever yeah, but, but it's... I I didn't think it was as egregious as, obviously, the fans thought. And I think... Uh, as I think the, they as were the, more reacting to the lack of power exactly. play too, right? Because yeah. it was after the hints penalty. Yeah, but the Stars' penalty kill does end up setting up their, the game-tying goal where... Well, just to mention, yeah. the Blues' power play is one of the best in the league, especially on the road. I think they rank third mm-hmm. on the road in the NHL. And they created on that... Uh, no, really nothing on the Dowling. I know yeah. some of it was carried over yeah. about 38 seconds into the third period, but the, on the Hintz minor, which was for high sticking, yeah. they had some really good looks. The, uh, the first was Perron from the left circle, and then O'Reilly's rebound from the top of the crease, and he skied it. Yeah. And then, to me, the Bozak chance right before Hintz came out of the box was a just a fabulous save by Bishop. Yeah. And then Hintz comes out of the box and scores, but before but the goal, I want to give Blake Como a ton of credit because I remember watching that play and seeing Hintz jump into the play, and I remember watching the play thinking that Blake Como had forgotten Hintz was there. 
Okay. Like, I remember watching it from up top and seeing Como carry the puck and thinking, wait, he's just going to carry this in himself or he's going to dump it this in, dump the puck in and chase it. Or, But I give him a lot of credit for holding it for a couple extra strides and actually allowing Hints to get a little more speed up. And it helped uh, put Hints in a spot for a tremendous shot, obviously, where he, he picked his spot for his 11th goal of the season. Because of the style of which he plays and the line he plays on, Blake Como, people sometimes forget that he has more offensive flair than they expect because of his style. He was very upset or disappointed maybe with his offensive production last year. Yes. And expected to be much better. And since he's come back from the injury, he's looked more like the Blake Como. I mean, again, you say since, but I mean, he got hurt in the first game, so it really wasn't much to see there. Mm-hmm. But I thought, and I think since he's been healthy, he start, he's shown those flashes that he can create offensively, not just be a shutdown, penalty-killing no. kind of guy. Fortunately for the Stars, um, all of it was for naught because 18 seconds later, the Stars top line and basically completely botches coverage. And Well, they got caught way up high first. And so there's multiple mistakes on this play. But this essentially, play starts with they send the puck after the faceoff mm-hmm. from following the goal by hints. Yep. By the way... Now has 11 for the year. Yep. Just continues to find ways to score. Um, not a great before. I uh, sorry to jump back to it, Sean, but I didn't think that if you're a, a Blues fan that you're real thrilled with the shot, the going in on and Jake Allen on Hintz's goal. I'm. I mean, I think I thought it was a really well. I thought it was a good shot. It was a good shot, but it was one of those where, you know, two on one, and he's shooting from the circle. Yeah, I mean, it was a good shot, but it was right underneath the glove and. I'm, I'm maybe not quite the, the Walker wraparound that we were upset yeah, about. Yeah, I'm not this, getting I'm not getting overly critical okay, on that one. Fair enough. So you go and the puck gets played behind the net, and Allen stops it, mm-hmm. and two stars forwards get caught behind the goal line offensively. Yes, that's you say they that, lost coverage. They that's, did. That's where it starts. The reason why is because they got two guys high and never had a chance to catch O'Reilly on the the counter. They just they they're not nobody's fast enough to make up that kind of ground. No, and not even Miro. Well, maybe Miro, but, and, but probably but not. Miro though also is in a spot too where it's not his fault the guys get caught there. He no, he made the wrong read. Though. He makes the wrong read, tries to disrupt the pass. Um, and that's rare too, isn't yes. it? He gets he tries makes the wrong read, tries to disrupt the pass, and ends up setting up the two on one. And this is where I saw a lot of people ripping John Klingberg on Twitter for this. Yeah, that's not fair. Um, Klingberg played the two on one well initially. Maybe he gave him a little bit too much at the end, but I that's he was a little out of position just simply because he wasn't expecting Miro to get chipped past as quickly as it happened. Yeah, but right? I, that's play I don't put on Klingberg. I put blame on the uh, the forwards and uh, no fair yes. right again. If you, in a, in a vacuum, he should have taken the pass more. But when you go back and look at it, he was shifted over a bit because he was trying to cover for Haskin and. Uh, who got chipped and thought maybe yeah. he could go and get the puck, and then only then did he realize it was a two-on-one. Yeah. And the pass by Barbashev was perfect. It was a great pass, yeah. And remember too, Sean, Barbashev is a left shot. I said this on the radio show. He's coming down the right wing, so he actually has to turn and open up a little bit to be able to make a forehand pass at speed and put it just behind Klingberg's heel of his stick. And he 
get O'Reilly in strike because if he misses that, O'Reilly doesn't have the tap in that he does. No, he doesn't. And it was perfect. It was a really nice pass, and it, it, it's interesting too because I also wonder. You think about that, him being a left shot. If that opens up, if that allows, if that, I think Klingberg played that perfectly. If there's a right, if a righty coming down, perhaps. And I think maybe there's a slight adjustment that maybe being in that position, being a lefty gives that. And obviously, that opening up like that is not easy on, on, on no, it's speed. hard because you but, have to take that extra little shift to turn. Otherwise, you have to throw it on the back end, yes. which is not as precise usually. But, but doing so, I think, just kind of the hand it just maybe had paid off a little bit there. Anywho, that's the goal that makes it two to one. Um, it's a stars then eventually end up pulling Bishop for the six on five. Um, I thought it was very interesting that Ropa Hens was not on the ice for the six on five. Yeah. Um, he uh, he would have thought maybe a guy who scored, best goal, top goal scorer lately, maybe put him out there. Especially I, considering Monty has a knack for or a, a penchant for yeah. playing the hot hand. Yes, and maybe maybe you overly maybe you're looking at a logic of okay. We're you know what? At that point, Sean, I didn't really think much of it because I think my, like my like much of the rest of the building, we're very disappointed that that hard-fought tying goal, which had took so much time, yep. effort. They finally get it, and then it lasted so... It was a fleeting yep. moment, right? And it was just a, a, a major buzzkill to, to give it up 18 seconds later. I was The next rush, yeah. it's in your net. Yeah. After all that, it was, it, was, it was too easy for St. Louis to reclaim the lead. It was kind of reminiscent of, the, of what happened with the... Uh, Back in the second game of the season, when Dallas, yes, when Dallas and St. Louis, uh, and that was a game where Dallas blew a lead, but it was a thing where the Stars gave up momentum and the Saint and St. Louis stepped up and seized it, and that was just something we saw tonight. And then um, game six on five, the Blues score with two point one seconds left, I think it was, to make it a three one final tally, and uh, the uh, that's that's the book on this one for the game, right? That is all she wrote. It's disappointing because after winning seven in a row, they've lost two in a row and only scored one goal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe more of it. They created a lot of chances in Chicago on Tuesday and just didn't finish. And I felt like they overpassed a lot. I didn't think. Game. I didn't think the. Uh, I didn't think the uh, game in Chicago on Tuesday was as bad. As, no, no, I think this one. Although I think the compete level was there. I don't think the execution was great, and I thought that uh, the Stars lost. You heard Monty say this, and I echo what his sentiments, that they lost a lot of their one-on-one battles and yeah. weren't as quick to box. I give St. Louis a lot of credit. They seem to really find a way to dictate the play, and the Stars yeah. got sucked into that. Not saying that they can't play the grinding style against them. It's just that uh, they have some adjustments to make. But what you know what, Sean, the other thing is, let's not get too upset. It was, It is a loss at home, but... St. Louis is a very good team, and the Stars were right there with them. And so, while I'm not trying to preach a moral victory, I think that if this continues, the other Central Division teams are going to have to be very aware of just how hard it is to beat either of these teams in a playoff series. Well, it's, Stars do play, can play that playoff style, and yeah, they've done it. clearly. And, and this felt like, like we said yes. before, this felt like one of those games. Yeah. And I think that Dallas wears out almost everybody. They're going to have to find some ways to do better against the Blues. Speaking of which, Sean, the one player that really stood out to me in a positive way that we were looking for because he was not available during the last playoff series was Jamie Alexiak. And I thought he 
showed a really good effort again tonight and just continues to, I don't know if I would say approve, but just yeah. he shows a lot more and more. It's the kind of thing where he's starting to play the way that we saw him play in the AHL, which is uh, physically imposing, yet also confident to make plays offensively. And I feel like this is something that we hadn't seen from him on a consistent level in the NHL. And he almost set up a goal for Hintz in the second period. Yeah. So I thought he played well tonight. All right. Um, let's go to the questions. Lightning round. First question about four hours ago uh, during the game from uh, T-Rex 20. Random question. Obviously, during the game, the glass gets marked up for pucks, hits, etc. Does someone clean it in between games? Do the panels get replaced when they get marked up, or do they just leave the scuffs? We actually see this happen. Yes. Um, usually around morning skate time. Yeah, they're typically cleaning the glass. They're then. out there washing them. And I, I think they do the exterior while the team's on the ice, and I think they once the skates are over, then they'll go and do the yep. interior because that's the more susceptible to being scuffed. But I'm sure there's plenty of greasy palm prints from all the people banging on the glass. Yes, they clean them, and I don't think they replace them because of scuffs. I think it's more replaced because they uh, they get broken or cracked yep. or I don't know. You'd have to talk to somebody in our rink management, but I don't know if maybe they notice them getting weaker in some yep. places. Or but we have seen our fair share of broken glass this year, haven't we? We have at practice at rinks mostly. Yes. From uh, Joe Walton, can we say Pavelski was a bad signing? No. I don't no, think you that. can't say that. I don't think Pavelski was a bad signing. I think um, I, line was pretty good tonight. Hence Pavelski and Radulov for a while. Yeah, and, they and, switched it later trying to get some offense. And, but. and I'll say this: that, like the goals haven't been the thirty-eight goal pace like he was with San Jose. But if you, there's so many other things Pavelski does within the game so that I think have really taken had a big impact on this team. And I also think. The, in the locker room, the leadership, I think he's made it a lot easier for the other leaders oh, on this team. Don't, has he ever? So. Yeah, and you know, yeah, we talked about Ryan O'Reilly's yeah. miss. Pavelski had one right in front yeah. where he just angled too high and sailed it. Yeah, I, I don't like what I see from I that. don't think Pavelski was a bad sign. No. Um, from uh, Hula Taxi or Hula's Taxi. Why, why don't we see? Why don't Just we? Red light yeah, in the business. Yeah, it is. Why don't we match up better with the Blues? We kind of touched on that a little bit. Um, they they're also pressing more for the uh, the, the suit charity. Uh, <laughs> the what? Oh the, yes, the charity oh, well, in the suit. Let's please elaborate. Well, they just said they asked if we picked don't a charity. Brush, don't gloss over this, Sean. This is more important than most of the game questions. Uh, right? I don't know. They said I picked a charity to uh, donate the money to for to to wear the suit. By the way, not the first person to send us a message that they will donate money to a charity of Sean's choosing if he wears the schoolboy schoolboy style sh- uh, suit with shorts that Angus Young wore with ACDC. We'll think about it. At a Stars game. We'll think about it. Okay. I mean, if you think about it, it's really the walk-in and the walk-out because you're at your station sitting in the press box. Well, the post-game would be tough. Yep. You'd, you'd get some looks in the locker room hallway and the interviews and stuff. Yeah. Monty uh, would probably bring up something other than Spiffy, I think. Yes. Let's go to the next question. <laughs> He's trying to gloss over it. All right. Aaron. Aaron says, I hope there's a car cast tonight because I really need to know why this, what the stars need to do to buy a call. Um, I mean, there was one play that looked like Cogliano early in the game got caught with a high stick uh, in the middle of the ice away from the play. I don't know if you saw that, yeah. where he dropped down and grabbed his face. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was the puck was along the boards and he was near the crease. 
I honestly think all five or all four officials just missed it. I didn't even see. I just saw him react and fall. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Eh. Again, I didn't think the officials were, were terrible. I just thought that they didn't call much of anything. The the one, I guess we've talked about already, is the Dowling one was yeah. a little... If you're going to call that, then there should have been... Yeah. You don't, look, I thought you don't the, hint, the, hints a, the hints one was deserved. It's, it's yeah. a high stick. Yeah. What do you, it's a pretty automatic yeah. thing. Yeah. To me, I don't want referees to just make up calls. I guess sometimes if they're really bad, maybe. But the whole point is, is that you don't want one mistake to beget another one. You want yes. them to try to call as consistent of a game. And if they do make one that you don't like, evening it up maybe the justifiable thing to do. But that's not what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to just call what they see, right? It was just the second game this season for the Stars where one of the teams has not had a power that's play. That's right. The other one was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yes. When they lost. Exactly. And interesting, Sean, I looked it up because Bruce was asking me about it. Last year, they twice did not have a power play. Yes. Uh, one was in March against Chicago. The other was, uh, I think it was December at, oops, San Jose. We're going to run a four-way <laughs> stop sign. And both of the times the Stars lost the game. Yes. So in the last three times at least where they did not have a power play opportunity in the game, they have lost the game in regulation. Yep. Interesting. Uh, Randall uh, says, are we seeing the curse of Nuke? Or do we need to bring break Perry again and have him come back and turn this team around? It's two games. Like, like it's it's been it's they they won. They had a twelve game point streak. They won seven in a row. And now I'm seeing all the reaction about the sky is falling. Yeah, this it's is two ridiculous. Game. It's, people. it's two games. All right. Uh, yeah, let's work, let's concentrate more on this suit that Sean should be wearing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ardell has a. Uh, Come on, send in your charities. We'll start a GoFundMe. Art Ardell says, has a comment. Can Gurionov please reemerge? I would like to see Dennis back with Pavelski. And then the question, and I'm not sure if this is a plant question or not, because we do have an audience tonight. Yes, um, we do. Um, you want audience the, the participation? Well, no, the question was, did any of your parents play varsity sports? And what have you guys learned about yourselves from, from your dad? Who sent us that? Ardell. Oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> um... <laughs> Well, let's start with the Guriano question, and then I'll oh, forget that was the other just, one. That was just a comment. Well, let's comment. Yes. Do you think they should have had Gurionov with Pavelski? Um, I think he fits well with Pavelski, but I think that line with Radulov and Hintz worked well. I wouldn't change that. I thought Hintz and Rads combined for a couple of good looks tonight, both ways. Yeah. Here's the question. Gurionov and Hintz have had chemistry as well. Mm -hmm. Do you do Hintz, Gurionov, Radulov at some point? Do you... Take Radulov off and put because Pavelski with Hints and Gurionov look good. I, I mean, there's. I do have a nickname if you ever put Hints with Gurionov and Radulov. Okay. You just call it the Rads line. <laughs> Rope and Denny. That's actually good. <laughs> Rope and Denny, well, and Rads is the name. Yes, so. yeah, it just works. And it sounds like you're giving Alexander all the credit, but yes, it, it's. But it's a deeper meaning. Well, Rope, Alexander, and Denny. There you have it. That's too many A's. No. <laughs> Rope, it's R-A-D. It's the first initial of each of their names. Yes. So that's clever. But you put an and in there. You don't have uh, to. The semantics. point is it works on multiple levels. Semantics. I'm trying to give you credit for okay. stuff you didn't think I, of. Okay, let's go. You should have said yes. Of course I'm on three levels. Anyway. All right. It's not as complex as your sock no. game right now. No. It's a good sock, though. So you'll wear the anchors and the life-saving uh, rings, but you won't wear the short, the Bermuda short suit. <laughs> Or the uh, the old uh, shorts. If I committed to it e too easily. Way too easily. I would I would not commit to it too easily. You All said a thousand dollars, and that I think you would have. I, I never said a thousand dollars. Yes, you did. We're seeing. Well, no, you did. 
if somebody gave you, not to charity, $1,000. Yeah, they're trying to do it for charity. All right. Let's if see. somebody wants to give you $1,000. Let's go to Andrew's question. Let's go to Andrew's question. All right. Um, are the Blues and the Stars heads? Um, I get a bit of the Pens Caps vibes when the two teams play, and it seems like there are some demons that need to be exercised in this case, too. Yeah. I mean, we, they went to double overtime in game seven. Mm-hmm. I think they can beat them. I think that that's, it's a really difficult matchup. The Blues won the Stanley Cup. Don't forget, they went into Boston won game seven to win the Cup. And Boston was an excellent team. So I think that the margins when you get to that level, mm-hmm. I mean, the Stars were in the second round. They were one, what, half a puck away from the Final Four. You have to play elite level hockey to win at that level, especially yeah. in a series. Yeah. So, are they in their heads? Uh, I think Dallas might be a little frustrated that they've lost both the series and the first two games, but I don't think that that means they don't think they can win. Yeah. Um, Chev had a similar question um, that we just touched on. Um, Gallup August said he deleted his other car cast question to ask this, but I just read Sean's 2020 and the stars. So, you answered it already? No, I don't know. I said the Stars passed only one of the five process categories. Still, the team failed four or four or five in, in three of the past four games. How concerned should we be by this? Um, I think we get overly tied into whether the like the process is important. Okay, can I pause for a second? Yeah. This same Twitter follower, our fan here, yeah. wrote when I tweeted at Thanksgiving, Hey, everybody, happy Thanksgiving. Here's your annual snapshot of the standings, both yeah. conferences. His reply was, we're now closer to third place than we are first place. Oh. And I go, perspective, people. Yeah. After a 1-7-1 start where you really thought there was no way in hell they were in even a wild card spot by Thanksgiving, they're almost in first. They're yeah. in second in the division. They got more than, what? what is it, game 27 tonight? Yeah. Right? You haven't played 30 games. Yeah. So the, I think the negative perspective, that's a very pessimistic approach. Now continue. And I think there's certain parts of the process that are you can get concerned about and other ones that I wouldn't get overly concerned about. Like tonight, the high stick by hints where it was, that made it a bad penalty. Sure. But I'm not getting overly concerned by them taking lots of bad penalties. Like they were. I mean, not, they have, yes. and that's been an issue, yes. but not because of that one tonight. Yes, and you had the shift length was was longer tonight. Maybe that's something where you'd like to I think to that says something, though, yeah. doesn't it? And more about getting that, hung yeah, up in the yeah, zone by the Pretty much blues. that's what it is. It's more of you're getting stuck in the zone in a longer situation. So I I think there's, there's certain things that I know the coaching staff will look at and be concerned about, but I also don't think um, – like I think it's – we're learning about what certain parts of the process are all the time. That's why yes. I track it every game. And but, what has more of an impact is remember – when you tracked it and then you published last yeah. year, you talked about they win more with these ones. Exactly. It wasn't all of them created equal. No, they're not all created equal. It's and why remember, the ones that got taken off the board, yeah. Monty said, it doesn't mean the face-offs aren't important. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'm not sure what Randall is... Uh, Randall quote-tweeted his earlier question with saying, what, I don't know how to look... Sean Shapiro doesn't know how to look up a hashtag for the carcass. Well, Randall, I got to your question by just using... The hashtag earlier, so that is... Uh, I'm not sure what the affront is here. Are you calling that an alternative fact? 
Or fake news. Fake news, alternative fact. Who knows? However you want to do it. Who knows? But that's uh, that's all our questions. It's just good because it's late and I'm tired and we have to get ready for a Minnesota game on Sunday afternoon. Which, by the way, Sean, first time they'll play the Wild since that epic six-goal rally. Mm-hmm. And really turn the season around. And the Wild are probably not going to forget that game. And they just scored seven against the Ottawa Senators. They, yes, I know. It's the Ottawa Senators. But I don't care who you play in the NHL. If you score seven, you feel pretty good about your offense. Yes. And didn't Monty say something to the effect of we can't lose three in a row? Yes. I think that's an important focus. I think that's also a uh, fair uh, comment to make. You really, that's 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 the thing. You when you have a streak like the Stars did, you can't have reverse streaks. You yes. Can't go, no. It's, yeah. Hitch used to say it's yeah. how fast you get out of the ditch. Yep. And uh, I I went with him on that. By the way, uh, you now officially may decorate. I, I give you my blessing to decorate for the Christmas holiday. It's after Thanksgiving. I think it's now fair. Everybody who decorated before Thursday is uh, overdoing it. You've got to go one holiday at a time. What if they had left up their decorations from last year? So you're talking about a 12-month Christmas? Yes. Uh, we, have some, we have some other issues there, but I guess I'll let it slide for now. <laughs> Everyone, uh, we will talk next Thursday? Winnipeg? Uh, Thursday, Winnipeg will nope. be the next car cast, which should be a fun one because it's episode 90 and um, we have to to decide why it's not Jason Spezza or Ryan O'Reilly. Or Joe Juno. Oh, Joe A. <laughs> Maybe. Hi, <laughs> right, everyone. Have a good night.